Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Some other things that I assume um, that if sellers have in place, we'll get them more money in terms of multiples uh, would be, you know, systems or maybe oh, yeah. uh, staff or, um, you know, maybe something proprietary like some software that they built to manage uh, inventory, um, you know, anything like that, I assume, um, you know, that, this- that when you're shopping, that's, that's like a huge value value add for those, those people looking to buy. Yep. All extremely important. Uh, if you've got, uh, systems, uh, standard operating procedures in place, automations in place, perhaps you've come up with your own processes, um, for things, uh, for, for getting reviews through social media, you know, anything that you do that I like to t- talk about it, I call it micro agility, anything special and nimble that you do that has created the success of your brand, provided it's all t- within terms of service, keep records of that. This is going to A, boost your valuation and B, when you're having these conversations with a potential buyer, you can show off, show them all this fantastic stuff. Here's all the great stuff I've done to build my brand. Here's what my brand can bring to you. Because remember, this buyer can potentially roll out all this neat stuff you've done to the other brands that they're buying. Potentially, you could even charge them a consultancy fee to teach them all this stuff. Launch new products for your brand and their other brands, perhaps. Lots of things you can think about. Yeah, it's interesting. One thing that, um, you know, uh, because a while back uh, when Thrashu was pretty early on, I approached them uh, because I was thinking about selling my business, my Amazon business. And the one thing that stopped me was, is they wanted, and I totally get this for like due diligence, but like really early on in the process, not to talk crap. I mean, mean, I'm just sharing my experience um, and you might be okay with it. So I'm just saying my my own uh, trepidation was they wanted full access to my account, like, like really early on. Um, and you know, I was like, well, wait a minute. So I could give you full access to my account. You could pull all my data and mine my data and see all my tips and tricks. And, you know, I've been doing this for a lot of years. So I have some stuff that probably, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do or, or do it differently. Um, you know, like you said, kind of some secret sauce. Um, and, and that took me aback because I'm like, all right, there's this giant company that could easily take this data. I mean, of course they would say they wouldn't, but you know, human nature and you know, it, they, they might say, you know, have some kind of NDA or whatever, but once that information's in your brain, it's, it can marinate into, you know, ideas that are maybe an iteration, but are yep. still, you know, originating from my, you know, m- what I was doing. Uh, so that was kind of scary for me. So, um, I mean, do you guys, uh, how do you protect the sellers in terms of kind of their IP and, and, you know, kind of like what they're doing, if it's unique, um, yeah. you know, when you're shopping these deals. So one thing I would say is that this space has come on a long way in, in the couple short years that this has been happening. And that type of thing doesn't happen too much. Generally speaking, a potential buyer should only get access to your accounts and it should be read only access once you're in the due diligence phase. NDAs have been signed, letter of intent signed, et cetera, et cetera. At that point, they're going to have to have access because they can't buy your business if they can't, they haven't seen it. You can't, you're not going to buy a house if you haven't been to see it and right. you haven't seen the report. So unfortunately, um, it is true that they will see the details of a business that they may then not go on to buy. And as you say, they may see some stuff in there that marinates in, in their brain, as you say, but they're seeing so many potential businesses. I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal because 
if they did see stuff they liked, chances are they're going to like it enough to buy your business, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's it. So that is, yeah. How we protect that, that sellers is when we're presenting a potential business to a potential buyer, it's anonymized. So they see the, the high level broad information. If they want to see more, they need to pay a fee for us to unlock that information. Now, there are some buyers that we've built a relationship over time and we know that they're serious, you know, vetted buyers. But if it's somebody new to us, say it's a competitor rather than a big aggregator, or it's a private individual, for instance, they're going to have to pay a fee to unlock that data. And whoever it is, they're going to have to sign an NDA. And so nobody gets to see any specific data until we've ascertained that they're not a tire kicker and they're serious, seriously potential, potentially going to buy this thing and they've signed an NDA. Awesome. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, like I said, this was a while ago and I can't remember the exact terms, but I just remember like, for, and I, you know, I'm pretty experienced in this space, just being a little bit taken aback by like, wow, you want this, all this stuff this early on. Like it was, a, it was a little bit sketchy for me. Uh, like you said, sure. though, it's, it's matured quickly. So I'm sure they yeah. might have some, some other, um, you know, things in place uh, to, to kind of protect uh, IP and, and, and systems and things like that. Um, are there any, you know, I, I'm sure that you get a lot of brands that come to you that are, you know, you talked about this a little bit before, kind of me too products, you know, um, you know, opportunistic, things like that, not really a lot of IP or, or things to, um, you know, to protect. So like, you know, we have a lot, we have a, a wide range of audience here, right? We have people just starting out, we have experienced people. So like, I always like to ask, you know, if somebody who's starting out today and their end goal, you know, they, they like Amazon, but they're like, you know what, I'm, I, I don't want to do this forever. I, I want to, you know, build a decent sized business, sell it and go do something else. You know, what would you, uh, somebody just starting out today, kind of what would you tell them to craft a business from the beginning that would be easier to sell, uh, you know, maybe a year from now? I think it goes back to what I said before is to build a brand, right? Uh, build a brand around a particular group of people, ideally something you're interested in. You need to have patience and be prepared to play the long game and think about this in terms of, well, if I was buying a business, what would I want it to look like, right? It's the same thing as if I was going to buy a house, right? So understand things from the buyer's point of view. Uh, try and get into the mindset of the buyer, um, one thing that you could do is you could actually go and do some research, P pretend for a moment that you are a buyer and go and start doing some research into buying e-commerce businesses and think about things from their point of view. And that will help you to reverse engineer what you're going to do. Again, I, I would recommend the book Built to Sell. Once you're decently established, your business is you know, ticking over, get it valued and then think about, okay, it's worth X. What would I be willing to walk away from? A way I like to think about it with that is, suppose you are drawing down a salary or you're taking business money out of the business in whatever form you are, whether it's dividends or salary or whatever. Find out what the business is worth and what you'd be willing to sell it for and think to yourself, okay, it's worth X. How many years would I have to work drawing down this amount that I'm drawing down to make the same amount of money? And it's probably going to be a long time. If you have a gut feeling that you want to sell, it probably means it's time to start planning to sell. But the key, it's like I said before, is you can't just wake up and say, I want to sell. You need to plan. That's the key thing. Yeah. 
for me, you know, if I if I if I went back to uh, 2012. Uh, when I started on Amazon, there are a lot of things that I would have done differently. And one of the, you know, I've I've shared this before, but I think it's very relevant in terms of, you know, I've made the mistakes so that you guys don't have to. <laughs> so some of the things that I would say um, on that same kind of token would be get an accountant super early on and don't just go, you know, the other mistake we made is we got an accountant, but we got some, you know, guy locally in, in, in our small town in California yep. who wasn't an expert in e-commerce, you know, for, for a long time, like, completely led us astray on what we, you know, formation wise and, um, you know, how we're, how we're, how we were doing things. Um, so go out, find somebody special who specializes in e-commerce accounting. Um, that would be one thing super early on. Uh, ben, the other things you talk about is trademark, you know, getting, getting the trademark up, uh, you know, ASAP, um, niching down to, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 not a ton, like, you know, we had at one point 800 SKUs. I was trying to launch a SKU a week. You know, it oh. got to the point where the, the account was unmanageable. You know, 80-20, even at that point, doesn't work because you just there's just so much to manage. So, you know, keep focused. You know, I would say anywhere to from 5 to 20 products, probably no more than that. I mean, if Jeez, you have well. variations... Um, things like that, you know, you know, that can grow, but just management wise, you know, you want to try to keep the business, um, as tight as possible in terms of the more products you have now, it's like, you know, instead of having to manage three listings and make sure that they're perfect and the photography is perfect and you're just pushing those products. Now you've got, you know, 30, 50, whatever, and you're trying to push all these different products. You're just going to get spread way too thin. So really stay focused, build the brand, make sure you got the insurance in place, make sure, you know, if you, if you've got products that maybe are a little bit more risky, make sure that you, you know, you do your due diligence there. Um, if it's something that's consumable or something that's got batteries, et cetera, et cetera, those are all a lot of things that you guys want to think about if you're just starting out now. Yeah, I agree on, on all of that. And, and a couple of things you raised, uh, maybe, maybe think of a couple of things. So I see it all the time in the Facebook group. People will say, where can I get a trademark? And uh, somebody will, will chime in with, well, you can do it yourself, you know, for a few hundred pounds or a few hundred dollars, just head over here and go and do it. And, and then somebody will chime in, yeah, I did that and I got my trademark. It's like, well, yes, you did. It's very easy to go and do it yourself, but the trademark's barely going to be worth the paper it's written on until you've actually had it done by a professional who has been able to get you a trademark, which has an extremely broad scope for anything and everything you may ever possibly sell. Your trademark's not worth very much. I made this exact mistake myself. I recorded a, a screencast of it a little while ago where I compared the trademarks I originally had applied for myself, and I thought I was fantastic after I'd done it, with the trademarks I did a year later after I'd realized my, my mistake. Exact same trademark, right? Same name, same logo. But one was done by me and one was done by a professional. Guess which one had the broadest scope of protection and added the most value to my business, right? Same goes for insurance. Don't scrimp on insurance and think that you can just fill in some form online. Talk to an experienced insurance broker and make sure you have the right coverage. Insurance is one of those things where you, you, know, you get the bill and you think, I'm never going to need this. And then one day you need it. And if you've, if you've been in a pickle without the right insurance, well, that's one way to make your business not sellable, right? So make sure that you're covered from that point of view, especially if you're thinking of selling your, your business entity, which a lot of people in the UK want to do because we have something called entrepreneur's relief, which is a tax relief if we sell the business entity rather than the assets. Because of course, when you sell the business entity, the buyer is taking on the risk and the liability associated with that business. So you need to make sure you've always had the right insurance right from the very start. 
Look, somebody buying it now will now be liable for something that the business did two years ago. And if you didn't, you know, you got to make sure that you've got everything covered. I love that. So one of the one of the things that you know we love to ask people, even if it's not you know e-commerce, uh, you know related in terms of you know you're no longer e-commerce, you're more of a service-based business now. But um, you know w- when you started the business with running the businesses, what are some like really big challenges that you faced uh, in your own business, and what did you do to 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 push through those challenges? Yeah. So there's one springs to mind, and it's a learning that I've taken to. I'm I'm still building brands, actually, and. The reason for that is I, I love it, but I also I need to still be like on the ground and have an understanding of it. I'm going to advise people in this way. And one of the learnings I took from the first business, which was Beast Gear, was to jump through hoops. So for instance, I remember I was selling in the UK and I wanted to join the Pan-EU program, which was going to allow me to fulfill my products pretty easily right across Europe. But I needed to, so this was about 2017, so it was a bit more difficult then. I I needed to serve for VAT in France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Poland, and the Czech Republic. And it was not an easy process. All sorts of forms to fill out. I remember, I think for Spain, I had, could only get documents translated by certain select group of translators on their registry. And I had to get the, some of my documents physically stamped with a wax seal um, by a registered notary. All sorts of crap that I had to do. It took weeks. But after I did it, I pretty much doubled my sales overnight. Now, how many people looked at that process and just thought, nah, not going to bother. Too much hard work. Not for me. I'm quite happy just taking over as I am. Well, that's fine because for all the people that can't be bothered to jump through the hoop, when I jumped through the hoop, I emerged on the other side without competition. So when I see a barrier, I think, well, that's wonderful. So for instance, look at all this stuff now with inventory limits. People are frantically thinking about third-party warehouses. It is a massive headache, but if you can get yourself sorted, get your ducks in a row and get on top of it better than anyone else, it's actually an opportunity for you because it's a barrier. It's a hoop that you have to jump through. So when you see hoops in the road, it's very tempting just to turn around or take an easier path. Now, I'm not saying we don't want the path of least resistance in your business, but what I am saying is hoops are transparent. Sonic the Hedgehog could see through them before he got to them. Look through the hoop, think about what's on the other side. And if it's worth it, do it. So that was a big lesson. That's a, that's great advice. And I feel like with Amazon, that's more true every day. I mean, there's, they're constantly throwing up roadblocks for running your account, right? I mean, you got, you know, products being taken down for like safety issues and all these FDA things. And like they, they, you know, update their AI bots and then they release them every three to six months and you get, you know, products taken down, you get, you know, incompetent seller support, you get all this, all these major issues where, yeah, a lot of people, and I've been there, I've been there where I'm just like, screw this, I'm done with Amazon because there's so many roadblocks that are thrown up. But I agree with you in terms of if you have the grit and the wherewithal to, to kind of step back from it and be like, okay, yeah, this sucks. But if I get through this, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. It's, it's a long game. Yep. And if you can look at it like that, you know, those are the people that are still around who are still selling on Amazon, who are still making the money are the ones who are, um, you know, I've always said that my, my dad gave me advice, you know, a long time ago, it was in regards to marriage, but <laughs> it completely applies to business. He's like, you know, 
you're going to have to eat a shit sandwich, right? It's like, what shit shit, shit sandwich are you going to eat? And, and if you eat that, then, you know, that you, it's it doesn't matter where, you know, if you're working a nine to five job, you hate your commute or you hate, you know what I mean? It's so like, you have to step back and look at Amazon and be like, okay, it's a different shit sandwich, but like, I'm going to eat it so that I can, you know, I can progress and yep. uh, choose, you know, choose the, 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 uh, you know, choose to eat it. <laughs> That's a terrible Indeed. analogy now that I'm thinking about it in terms of grossness, but you get the point in terms of, <laughs> Boy, you know, it's a good analogy. I'm going to use it more in everyday oh, life. Please do. Please do. You know, and, and I love when, when people with Scottish accents cuss, it's, it's absolutely stunning. I love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, stepping back from it, um, is, you know, the, the grit, the, the determination to whatever it is, is to, to get to the next level. You know, it's like at the gym or whatever, you know, so, so many different ways to, to, uh, use that analogy, but, uh, yeah, that, that's completely great advice. Um, anybody who's here in the zoom meeting, if you have any further questions for Ben, please drop them right now. Um, while we're doing that, uh, I'm going to ask Ben, uh, we always like to ask this of our guests because, you know, we're one of those people, if you're, if you're a real entrepreneur and you're not, you know, learning every single day, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna lose because your competitors are, they're learning, you know, new tricks, new tactics, new uh, personal development, all those kinds of things. So you mentioned a few books, uh, Ben, but uh, anything else you listen to watch that kind of uh, pushes you uh, through um, eating that shit sandwich? <laughs> yes. Um, I'll, I'll give you a fun, uh, I'll give you a, 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 a serious one and then a fun one. Um, so serious book. I've got a bookshelf behind me. I'm just going to turn around and have a quick look. Um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek uh, is an absolutely amazing book, which has pushed me to constantly think about, you know, both in terms of brand. So I spoke before about how important building a valuable brand was. In order to build a valuable brand, you have to think about the marketing of that brand. And Start With Why is a great book for thinking about how you market your brand. There's some great examples in there from like Apple and all sorts of stuff. But also you can take a slight, slight sidestep from that constantly think about what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? And for me, when I began to think about the fact that my business might have some decent potential and some potential to become something valuable that I could sell and make my family secure, well, that was my why, right? My family. So that's a, that's a serious one. And then a fun one is, uh, so we have a two-year-old daughter and, uh, I watch a lot of kids' cartoons. And I, I suppose I'm guessing you guys don't have this over there. We have a cartoon called Peppa Pig. You guys are going to have to look it up. I've heard, I've heard of it, but uh, I no. love so, Peppa Pig. My kids love Peppa Pig. Peppa yeah. Pig is awesome because I'm so glad you like it, Amy. Otherwise, no one on this call, everyone's, Andy was just like, what the hell is Ben talking about? Peppa Pig, I just, it's freaking hilarious because it's, uh, I don't know if you find this, Amy, but the writing, I think it's written for the parents and not the kids. It's so funny. Like the adult humor that runs through that, it's just incredible. So uh, I watch a lot of kids' cartoons at the moment and I just, Peppa Pig, you're having a bad day. You 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 put on some Peppa Pig and you're saying, you're like, it's an excuse. You're like, I say to my, my daughter's called Isabel, I say, Isabel, do you want to watch some Peppa Pig? And she's like, yeah, really, it's me that wants to watch Peppa Pig, right? So I'm like, oh, I've had a bad day. We'll put on some Peppa Pig. Uh, so I love that. 
I just love their accents. Mommy pig, daddy pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're those evil parents that, uh, you know, don't let our kids watch much uh, TV and, you know, make them not eat gluten and dairy. And, you know, we're those, we're those people where when we, when the server comes to our table at the restaurant, they're like, oh, these people really? But uh, oh, yeah. I'm one of those too, except for Peppa Pig. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. I like that. <laughs> you you got to have your, you got to have your cheats, right? Our kids watch, um, we, like I said, we rarely let them watch TV, but they watch, um, uh, what is it? It's a, it's a Amazon prime, like, um, dang it. I can't think of it. Um, anyway, it's like this, you know, uh, animated, uh, computer generated, uh, kids show that, uh, yeah, they get to watch once in a while, but that's about it. So we're, we're those mean, you know, evil mean parents that, uh, make them go p- play outside. Like it's sunny outside, go outside, <laughs> leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, let people know, uh, how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. Um, so I'm on, on, uh, pretty much all the main social media channels. My handle is at, ben leonard pro for instance on instagram i'm on linkedin just search for ben leonard it's l-e-o-n-a-r-d like the golfer justin leonard um ecombrokers.co.uk um head over there click on sell your business even if you don't want to sell your business just click on that put in some numbers we can get back to you with a rough idea of what your business is worth no hard sell um we don't necessarily sell somebody's business straight away we'll work with them over a period of time that's right to you know um, hold their hand through the process, almost manage their route to an exit to, to you know, achieve what they want to achieve. Um, or you could head over to benleonard.pro, which is my website, if you want to benefit from some of my experience in e-commerce and see how I can help you. Awesome. Thank you so much, for Ben, for being on. Uh, if you guys haven't joined us live, remember we do this every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, sellaroundtable.com forward slash live you get to come into the zoom meeting ask uh, the experts like ben uh questions on the spot um you know without without having to fill out that email form you can just jump in here live talk to them you know face to face and uh and get your questions answered so uh yeah thank you guys so much for joining us live the the people that joined us live in the uh, zoom meeting we're going to end live right now um and then we do kind of a little q a after the fact that does not get broadcast does not get recorded so if you guys want in on that you got to go sellaroundtable.com forward slash live and join us uh, in the meeting we love having you guys it, it really uh, ups the game in terms of content because we get to ask uh you know our guests questions that we may not have thought of so thank you guys so much the podcast continues to grow uh, if you haven't yet please rate review subscribe and uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you guys next time on the Seller Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q and A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.